Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Come here, I got a secret to share with you. It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. <laughs> hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash one. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Y-A-H. I-R-A dot J-O-N-E-S dot the number one. That's the first step. Once you're there, I need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the Dating with Herpes private group. Once you've sent me that message, I will send you an invitation so that you can join the link. Now, this is a brand new page, so there's not a lot of content on the Hybrid Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, Jones one. Send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group and then I will send you an invitation. That's the only way to join at this time, but I want this to be a place where all of my listeners can come, share their stories with other listeners, and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. As always, it is my hope and prayer that you find this episode inspirational and informative. Today, I have a special guest with me. I have M, who is one of our Dating with Herpes listeners who reached out to me via email. And after reading her story, I invited her to be on the show just so that she could share with you guys her experience of contraction and diagnosis. So let's get into it. All right, so today, you guys, we have M um, on the show. And how I met M is that last year, she actually emailed me after listening to a few episodes. Um, and when I read her email, it was very compelling. I felt her pain um, through her email. And I saw a lot of similarities in our email and our experience. Um, so I asked her if she would be willing to come on and share her story. And she was, unfortunately I went on hiatus after that. So now this year, um, that I restarted the show, I reached out to her again and this time she is also willing to share. So I want to thank you, M, for being on the show and just tell the people a little bit about yourself. Hi, well, you're very welcome. I'm happy to be on and, you know, be a voice. Uh, for our community, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, I uh, live in the southern part of the the, the country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice and sunny today. Um, I like, you know, spending time at the beach. Um, I have uh, a dog. Um, you know, it's He's uh, like my best friend. <laughs> um, I work uh, with in the school system uh, mm-hmm. down here, and um, I'm actually um, 
you know, I work with the families very closely, um, advocate for the families in the school system, um, and I really enjoy it. Good. All right, so in your um, email, you told me that you were diagnosed in 2018, and you were 22 years old, and that um, it was your first love. Was it your first sexual encounter also, or was it just your first love? Yes, yes, he was... um, you know, my first everything, like, my first real kiss, I'll say, you know, uh, first person I dated, Mm -hmm. um, you know, first sexual relationship, um, so yeah, definitely, I would say that. Yeah, and that's why I found the similarities, because in my story, he was my first too. Um, how did it be in your first sexual encounter, your first everything, how did getting that diagnosis feel or how what what was your feelings um since he was your first everything well at first um when I got diagnosed um I was like in denial I didn't think it was him and I confronted him about it and gave him the opportunity because I was like there's no way it could be him but let me still address it with him Mm -hmm. and he denied it and I like was started started thinking like you know maybe I got it from like kissing someone mm-hmm. or you know something weird could have happened and it had to be me it had to be me because I was just so in love with him mm-hmm. that I thought he he would never lie to me he would never betray me or um, you know do anything of that nature mm-hmm. um, so when I found out that it was him that had given it to me. Um, I was just distraught. I felt literally like my world was was falling down, that like uh, someone had pierced my heart. Mm-hmm. I screamed, and I just wanted to like pull my hair out because I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you said in your email that he also was in the military. That was another similarity in our stories. <laughs> my first was in the military also. So... Tell a little bit more about how you um, contracted it and your disclosure, I mean, not disclosure, but your diagnosis story. Yes, so um, he was in the military, so he got leave, mm-hmm. you know, and I was still down here, um, so he would come and visit me, and um, one night he wanted to, to come and visit me, and I was very tired, I didn't want him to come over, but... Um, you know, eventually I, I came in because at that time, you know, I was in love with him. I, I couldn't, you know, any opportunity I could have to spend time with him, I would take it, especially if, like if he was insisting on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we had sex that night. And I remember the next day, like it was the very next day, I felt this very extreme pain like in my vaginal area and mm-hmm. I just I was like I've never felt anything like this before but I kind of I was like oh it'll pass it'll pass so I put up with it and then after a couple of days I was like I can't take it so I let him know I'm like I'm going to the clinic I'm gonna see what's wrong mm-hmm. um and I had gotten there um and they had told me it, was, it looked like it was some sort of STD. And they told me, I think it was like chlamydia or something that was curable. So I was like, okay, as much as this stinks, you know, at least it's curable. So mm-hmm. then I called him right away and I let him know. I was like, hey, 
they let me know that I probably have an STD. I think that you should get tested. Again, it wasn't coming to my head at all that he could have been unfaithful to me. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, you know, know, um, I'll get tested when I go back on the base. Um, You know, you had to be sleeping around. And I was just so... Like wow. uh, heartbreak, heartbroken by him saying that and accusing me of that, and I hung up the phone. And I just went about my day, and then he texted me later, like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Just, uh, but not really acknowledging what had just happened, mm-hmm. and he had known this whole time that you know he was, um, you know, un- being unfaithful. So, um. I had gotten the test during the week, excuse me, I had gotten the test during the week, and then on Sunday, it was a Sunday, they had called me, and they let me know, you know, they confirmed my identity and everything, let me know over the phone that I had herpes simplex type 2, and I felt like, I felt like my world was over, you know, my life was over, that this is going to be something that I knew at that point it couldn't be curable. I was going to have to live with it for the rest of my life, and I didn't understand why. Mm. Because I, I had thought at that time, there's no way that he, you know, my ex could be unfaithful to me, and, you know, I have been faithful to him this entire time. Um, we had been together three years. Um, you know, I just, I, there was no, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you just said um, in your email, that initially when he came home from leave that he didn't even want to see you right away now do you think that that was because he knew that he was having an outbreak or do you think he even knew that he had herpes see and that's where um i don't know exactly at that time if he knew he told me that he um, like this was a couple of weeks before he came for leave. He told me that um, he was like having like a some sort of issue down there, like in his genitals, mm-hmm. but never mentioned like an STD or anything like that. And it, it again, it was it just never came. And looking back, I just feel so um, like brainless that mm-hmm. I didn't think, oh, he could have an STD, but he did mention that. Um, and yes, when he came for leave prior to coming, he he was so excited. We made all these plans, and then um, the day of um, him coming in, he didn't want me to pick him up from the airport. He wanted to hang out with his friends right as he got there, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was hurt, that hurt, you know. Yeah. And but I it wasn't it didn't come to mind that. You know, it could be because he wanted to be with other women or whatever the case may be, that he was kind of having this side lifestyle, you know? Mm -hmm. I think because me and you were similar in a way, this was our first, like, sexual encounter, our first relationship, all of that stuff, that we are a little naive. We were a little naive to things, like, we didn't think outside, like, oh, he might have been cheating or he, you know, was engaging in other you know sexual activities with other people I was the same way when when I was diagnosed I knew it was you know that he had given to me because I hadn't been with anybody else but I couldn't believe like you know I know he didn't mean to do it maybe he didn't know you know like I was making up all of these excuses for him instead of saying you know you put me in harm's way you didn't consider me it wasn't until years later that I was like you know he didn't consider 
keeping me protected, you know? Mm-hmm. So I get that. Um, and I also remember, and I had to look up um, if this was possible. You were saying in the email that he thought maybe he had a yeast infection. And I remember reading that, and you even said in the email, like, I don't think it's possible that men can have yeast infections. But when I looked it up, it is possible. So I was amazed last night when I looked it up to see if it was possible. But, yeah, they can have yeast infections. <laughs> yeah, I not. In my experience now, having this diagnosis, like, I've never had a yeast infection before in my Me life. Either. <laughs> now I'm getting them. So I think the two are linked, herpes and, and yeast infections. Oh, really? Yeah, I think, and I, you know, it's been kind of getting off topic a little bit here. Um, it's been a headache trying to navigate having this because mm-hmm. doctors, I find, they're not like equipped or they don't have generally don't have the knowledge of this virus Mm -hmm. which is frustrating for us that have it because not only do we not want to talk about it with our friends with potential partners of course you know we think that that future for us is over Mm -hmm. but you know not having medical professionals have our backs so to speak you know it's very devastating I've had uh, now my doctor is great and she's very supportive and she she tries her best to, to help me out but you know in the past I've had doctors that have said like oh I don't know I'm not uh you know I don't know what this means I was asking like if something I had like a skin rash, if that was linked to the herpes, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not a dermatologist, I don't know that, you know, so kind of like dismissive, right. and like it, you know, it made me feel um, just like this big, you know? Yeah, like we don't know where to go, that's why we all go to the internet, and that can be misleading, but you're right, the doctors, they, they're they not equipped with information to provide to patients when it comes to herpes a lot of times they don't even know unless there's some type of lesion they don't even think to even think that the std is herpes so mm-hmm. it's, it, it is you know a little disheartening that you don't know where to go so i think that's why these types of communities are important for people like us because we don't know who to talk to we don't want to go to our friends with this information because they don't know what to tell us or they give us you know information that's not correct and then we go to the doctors they don't know so who do we turn to you know so I think that that is a lot having to deal with you know feeling like we have support or feeling like this is not a big deal because you know we don't have you know access to information like any other disease and stuff like this I think that's an important important point that you made there um has he ever apologized um like actually giving you a genuine apology for giving you this virus so um after i um so actually i have to backtrack a little bit so about a week after i got the final diagnosis from the doctor at the clinic um I was talking to my friend. Um, I have a friend that I can confide in, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, she's That's basically good. like a sister to me. So I confided in her that I contracted the virus. And I guess that night prior, um, she, because she's friends with, at the time she was friends with my ex as well. 
um, he confided in her that night prior, like a crazy time, like 5 a.m. or something, like he had been sleeping with um, people and um, he was annoyed with me that, you know, I wanted to spend time with him and, and things like that. So she let me know um, after I confided in her that I had contracted it and she knew that it, w- it was him that mm-hmm. had given it to me, wow. you know, that because he was, you know, being with other women. So at that point, right then and there, I, I called him um, and I, he was like dodging my calls and messages and everything. But finally I got a hold of him and, um, you know, I asked him if he had been with other women and he just said he'd been with like one woman, one woman. And, um, I like hung up the phone and I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I blocked him from everything. Um, and he was trying to get in contact with me before he went back to his base, but he was, he, he I never talked to him or anything. Mm-hmm. So then he had gone back and about a month after that had happened, he emailed me saying that, um, he wants to harm himself. He wishes his life was over wow. and things of that nature. Very suicidal. So I, out of sincere concern, as much as I don't want anything to do with him, I didn't want him to, to harm himself. You know, I try my best to, to reassure him. Um, and unfortunately, you know, with that, I started talking to him again, actually, a little bit. And um, I actually spoken to him one night, and he said that well, he, he said that he had gotten tested, and that he had it, mm-hmm. and that he knew it was it couldn't have been from me because I was you know a good girlfriend, and I was not that kind of person that would be sleeping around with other people. He knew it was him. But still didn't say he was sorry. Mm. He kind of just admitted at that point that it was it was him. And we actually continued talking that night. Um, but then that was like a, during the week and later in the week, I let him know. I was like, I can't talk to you anymore. No, good for um, you. Yeah, it was, it was too much. And I just like I cut every tie I could. Um, he has tried to reach out to me several times. Um, the last time being over a year ago, so I think that he gets the message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, it wasn't really to me. It didn't feel like an apology. Yeah. Um, and in one of the attempts for him to reach me, he sent a letter. And he still didn't apologize. He admitted that he was going around with other women, but he put the blame on his um, fellow uh, people in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, peer, like pressure. peer pressure. <laughs> okay. Yes, exactly. So, you know, I, d- I never responded to that. Um, I let it be, and he hasn't tried to contact me since. And it's been a, it's been a journey. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly has. Trying to figure out, like, what my worth is and understanding that this virus doesn't define who I am or doesn't yeah. lower my worth. How long did it take you to get to that point? Honestly, I would say, like, it was maybe the the end of last year. Um, I could talk briefly, uh, real quick, um, about, like, more recent relationships. Um, but after that had all happened, 
I was, I would say I was always like a more old fashioned girl. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to get married and, you know, have a family like by like 25 or so. And, you know, going through all this, I was like, well, I need to just, you know, start dating right away. And, you know, I did, I did online dating, which I know we've talked through, you could talk a lot about yeah. on your show <laughs> and the trials and tribulations. Yes. <laughs> Still going through. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's, it's hard. And there's so many people out there that don't, I, I think honestly, they don't fully grasp their worth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how are they going to, to show you love and appreciation and support if they don't do that for themselves? Right. That's true. Um, so, um, you know, and I did end up meeting someone through the online dating that didn't care about my diagnosis and, you know, was a very genuine and authentic person and Good. tried to show me, you know, my worth. But at the end of the day, it's something that you have to find within yourself, right? you know. So I would say, though, that he really helped because he didn't even look at me different or think of me any differently because of the herpes diagnosis. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I think the thing that has helped the most has been, and it's going to sound, it might sound random, (laughs) but following um, pages on Instagram Mm -hmm. that they'll have like just a little like anecdote, like, you know, you survive 100% of your toughest days, which Mm -hmm. is true. You're here today and you've survived everything that life has thrown at you to this point. Oh, so like affirmations and things. Exactly, Mm -hmm. yes. And I think that has helped me the most. I made like a little folder in my um, phone Mm -hmm. of positive affirmations. And, you know, when I was really struggling, um, I I would look at those and, you know, it would help. And I think it also helps to, to find something that really, um, you know, captivates you and resonates with you, like an activity or for me, you know, my dog definitely helped. I got mm-hmm. my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he's like my best friend. So, you know, uh, caring for him and knowing that, you know, I'm his everything really, you know, he that depends really, on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that helped. And also one last thing, I think knowledge, knowledge mm-hmm. is power. So mm-hmm. really, um, doing research on the the virus and um you know from different sources too like a more oh sorry that's okay but um from like sources that are more scientific but then sources from people that have been living with the virus mm-hmm. for you know for however long you know, I find I found that to be very helpful to kind of help me realize that I haven't changed. Yeah. You know, I yeah. just have this new thing I have to navigate, and um, you know, it's just part of being human. Right. You know, anyone on Earth can catch this this virus and doesn't make you. You know, like how the media portrays, like you have to be sleeping around right. and, you know, you have to, you know, be dirty and yeah. all those negative labels. And that's, I think that's most of what the problem is when you have this virus. It is the stigmas. The stigma is worse than the virus. And it's, you know, what people think of you. Like like you said, either dirty or that you slept around and, you know, 
those stigmas is what makes it so hard um, and what people might think if they knew. But once you free yourself of not really caring, caring about yourself, but not really caring about what people think of you, it's so freeing and you begin to live again. And that's what I learned. And it took me a long time. So I'm glad that it didn't take you as long as it did me to learn that, you know, I'm still the same person. I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, a saint, but at the same time, I'm still Yahira and this virus shouldn't change me. I should still be able to be Yahira and live the same way and live happily and, and love and do all of these things. It's just a matter of me accepting it. And that's when I think people began to accept, or I find that, you know, people that I dated were beginning to accept because I was confident about Yahira. So they saw the confidence that I exuded. And it's like, okay, maybe it's not such a bad thing, you know? And so my experiences have been better since I've learned to accept it. So that's good. All right, Em, I'm not going to hold you any longer. I think that what you've shared is, is very, it will impact a lot of people. Um, to see the other side of, of getting out of, you know, feeling a certain type of way and being positive. So I thank you so much for sharing with the listeners um, of Dating with Herpes. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Oh, I'd just like to say, well, thank you so much, Yahira, for having me on. And, you know, for everyone, because this is Dating with Herpes, mm-hmm. so, and, you know, <laughs> most, most likely people that are listening are, you know, trying to navigate the dating world. And I just want to say as like cliche or or as corny as it may sound, there's someone out there Mm -hmm. for you that's going to accept you for who you are. And that includes having this, this virus. And, you know, it's, it just might take a little time, but good things take time. Exactly. Thank you so much. Getting worse. Thank you so much um, for sharing. So that's going to do it for this episode of Dating with Herpes. I want to once again thank M for allowing me to interview her. Um, I know it's not easy putting your business out here, even even if it's on a podcast and nobody can see your face. It's not easy sharing something that's so difficult. So I want to thank M as well as all of the other listeners that allowed me to interview them in the past. Um, it just brings so much more to this podcast to see a different person or to hear a different perspective instead of just hearing me talk all the time. Cause I know you guys get tired of hearing me talk all the time, <laughs> but anyway, thank you M for joining me. Um, if you guys, um, would like to email me, please reach out at yahirajoneshope at gmail.com. That is Y-A-H-I-R-A-J-O-N-E-S-H-O-P-E at gmail.com. Um, you can also press the message button at the bottom of your screen, or you can press the message link, um, through the story notes, um, via any streaming platform that you're listening to this episode on. Um, also, I just want to put another plug in for Dating with Herpes on Facebook, DWH on Facebook. It is a private group, and this group is growing so much. Um, I want to just really thank the members of DWH on Facebook. The content that has been 
um, coming across that I've been reading um, in our group. I absolutely love it. Thank you guys for sharing with one another. Thank you guys for encouraging each other. I, it's just, it makes my heart feel so good to see how you guys are being there. We, we're actually really forging a community for each other where we can come together, share, pull each other through these hard times. And I just, it just does my heart so good. You guys don't even know what it means to me. Um, this is what I was hoping for when I created that group. And so I'm so happy to see that it's actually coming to fruition. It took a minute for you guys to get started, but now you guys are, are really there for each other. So I love it. So please, if you haven't joined DWH on Facebook, please join. I want to add one note. Um, I get a lot of friend requests. You have to send me a, um, a message letting me know that you are wanting to be a part of DWH. Cause I don't want to let people in who are just liking my pictures. And then now they're a part of the group. And they shouldn't be a part of the group. So I that step is important. If you want to be a part of DWH, just don't friend, um, don't send me just a friend request. Please also take the step to send me a message inbox saying I am a DH. I'm I'm a dating with herpes listener, and I would like to be a part of DWH. If you don't do that, I will not add you to the group. Okay. So I'm not trying to you know. I don't think I'm being mean by saying that. I, I want to respect everybody's privacy. And I want this to be a private group to the people who are listeners of this group, right? Of this podcast. I don't want just any stragglers in there. And then, you know, the group is compromised in, in so many ways. And, you know, I want to keep it as private as possible. So follow those steps to be a part of our growing and fantastic community. Until next time, I'm your host, Shahira Jones. Be safe and God bless.